Back to Puck It in the Gas Man on Seattle Sports Radio 950 KJR. Entertaining sports talk. All right, he's been handling our updates throughout the show. Now we've uh, we've asked him to make the long walk in from the update studio into the main studio. Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for the world's best reporter, Curtis Crabtree from 950 KJR, also pro football talk. And the first, uh, I believe, KJR uh, employee to have two holes in one, right? Uh, the one, Has no, anybody else gotten two? Does one count? Yeah, the other one counts. Oh, yeah, they count. They count. Well, no, wait. You didn't have it this year. That was a different shot. What was your first hole-in-one? It was at Aldera two and a half years ago. Aldera. Before he was banned from the club for being too good. Yeah, yeah. What's a, what's a membership cost there a year there, Chris? I don't know. Yeah. More than I can afford. <laughs> yeah. So Aldera, and then you had one this weekend. Yeah. Tell everyone where this, this uh, weekend Down at North Shore, West yeah. Federal Way, slash North Tacoma area. Mm-hmm. What's hey, the yard? The, 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 this 200 distance? yards, hit a five-wood, pin high, caught the back slope, and came back into the How hole. How about that? Hey, Curtis, wasn't How North Shore, uh, I hadn't been down there in years, I thought they were going to close that. Did they? Was there an effort it, made to say, obviously got, they say. I believe it got bought by um, an Indian tribe down there. They're building a brand new massive clubhouse good for them that's great um, I'm, that's cool well good for you man congratulations Thanks. Go, man well, how about we you know what did you buy a round of drinks i got out of there pretty quick afterwards i had to come oh cover curtis game. boy oh boy i gotta cover well, because you game. don't partake okay, so, and that's one thing so, so that's the guy a, this is a great hold on this might be our lunch with listeners question mm-hmm. yeah if you don't drink if you don't partake mm-hmm. in alcohol should you be allowed to skate on which is a long-standing tradition if you get a hole-in-one. Right. You go into the bar, you buy a round of drinks for everyone. Look, there's not... I don't know if there's a better golf commercial than the one about 10 years ago with a little kid hitting the hole-in-one. Oh. And nobody... He looks around to see if anybody saw him, and there's a groundskeeper, right? Remember that oh, commercial? Yeah, yeah. The groundskeeper says, I saw about. it. Because yeah. you know what this means, don't you? He goes, yeah, drink some of me, and the kid buys him a soda. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it has anything to do with alcohol. you got to buy the drinks. Yeah. And so you you didn't buy anything. You skated out of there. You ran to... You, you got off 18. You ran to your car through oh. your Oh, no, no, and got no. Out of no I was still there for like an extra hour and a half or okay. whatever, but it, the the guy I played with is a buddy of Dick Fane's, okay. and I think he was more excited about the hole-in-one than I was. Okay. <laughs> so, so I, and he, But he's excited because he's thinking you're going to buy him a round of drinks. He, he bought my my soda. Wait, wait. It, no, I, wow. I'm telling you, he bought my Diet Coke afterward. Yeah. Well, how about that? How that's not, no, no, I didn't, I didn't ask for it. He just did it. Yeah. Oh my lord! Yeah, this is a real you know. There's some right. decorum in this game. So I you're am, leaving uh, Thursday for Indy, right? Uh, yeah. So Wednesday we're gonna go down to Chin's Village, uh-huh. right down here down the okay. street. Four finger pours at Chin's. <laughs> That's a, it's a four finger pour Wednesday at Chin's Village down here. <laughs> That's what we're on doing. Fifteen, and we're going down there, and you're gonna buy us a round of drinks because you have to buy it on hey, some. You weren't playing with me. No, yeah, neither good. are the people in the bar, Curtis. Good. But you have to give, you have to pay it for. There is some tradition here, right? I, mean, I thought there's that's the whole point of golf is yeah. tradition. Yes, you're about tradition. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, congratulations yeah. anyway. Allow the we're going to allow people at maybe lunch with listeners to decide whether yeah, or not go you, for have, you have got to pay. Uh, you got to pay or not? I don't know. Huh? Jackson, what do you have for? Me? Hey, kid. Hey, here we go. Nice shot. There we go. Because you know what this means, don't you? Yep. The drinks are on me. Curtis buying a soda pop. I remember the commercial. Help us preserve this wonderful game. Become a member of the USGA and you'll receive the rules of golf, a year subscription to Golf Journal, a U.S. Open hat. Rules of golf, sir. Hey, I'll, 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 I'll go a little bit for sure. All the way. I mean, listen, gas is going to be there. We'll have Jackson. We'll have Air- Purple Sheet, Shockey, Softy. The whole group's going to go down to Chin's Village for a four-finger pour Wednesday at Chin's Village. <laughs> 
<laughs> right You're after in. the show. Right after the and show. Stick Curtis with the bill. And I don't think this is. I, I don't know if this is necessarily <laughs> what the the gods of golf had in mind. Well, I think he has to go back down to North Shore and buy. And we tell everybody in the Greater Federal Way area. Everybody. get your ass over to North Shore this <laughs> afternoon. Curtis is going to be there about two o'clock. Actually, that's better. Let's do a show from down there, and then we'll invite all of our <laughs> listeners. So ten people will show up. It's only ten, Curtis. Don't worry about it. You're going to spend a lot of money. Uh, OTA start today. Uh, the, we we get to actually put our eyeballs on them on Thursday. Uh, this is their last OTA, right? Until they they, they have the last voluntary. They have ten practices that they can ha- have that are categorized as OTAs. Four of them will be open to the media okay. to be out there for. But again, and this then, is voluntary. Yes, the only mandatory thing in the entire off season is the June veteran mini camp. Okay. So that'll be a three-day camp in, in in mid-June, and then they'll be out for a month and change before they start training camp. I think it'll be uh, the last Wednesday of, of July. I don't remember the exact date. It, it might be the 25th or so. I should be the day when they, they come in for their, right. the, start, the, right. the start of training camp. It's 15 days before their first preseason game, which is two weeks on from that for uh, on the Thursday. So, yeah, that sounds about right. When we talk about how the game maybe has been impacted by less practice and less hitting and all that, it's more later in the year. This is the OTAs. To, to I, I don't know, agree or disagree with me, but I don't know how much is accomplished during this. I'm sure there's some things the coaches would tell you, but this they're, they're not. You know, I don't ever remember hearing a guy like in the in the Super Bowl last year. I don't remember. You know, the Eagles really locked this thing up with a good OTA last May. I mean, no. this is this is all just. Yeah. First of all, the whole thing's stupid. They should be able to practice and be with the facility and do anything at the facility any time of year because they're paid professional athletes. They shouldn't be this. This you can only have a week here. And well, a week the there. Pl- the players bargain this. Yeah, this well, is what the players wanted to have for yeah. their for 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 their system is that they they pushed for fewer practices, fewer off season days where they have to be at the facility in exchange for stuff like Thursday night football games. For instance, where the money comes in from that, you know, so that's part of the process that they went through for for setting things up. But yeah, there's not a ton that you can accomplish in this. You can obviously install your offense, get the rookies and your new players and defense, get your rookies and new players up to speed with the system that you have in general on a trial run before you do it again at the end of July. Start to get everybody acclimated to the process of how you run your practices, those sort of things. But there's no pads. There's, you know, at least through the the first practices, you know, the the rookie mini camp that we saw a couple weeks yeah, back. They, they got to rock helmets today, right? Yeah, they can put helmets on, but that's about it. And, and even then, remember you you've seen Seattle punished for going too hard in their off season practices uh, with you know loss of draft picks and fines and those sort of things because they've had guys run into each other and that that's supposed to not happen and all of those sort of. So yeah, it's very regulated with how much yeah. they can do. Yeah. I would, I would just full on tackle today. That's what I want. I, I set the tone. Full on, no pads, just you know, helmets. Let's just go full on, eleven on eleven. How about an Oklahoma drill? Just Jun- to start junction boys, out? sort of. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Well, Obviously, the storyline will be Earl Thomas. Whether or not he'll be there, he hasn't been at the other ones, right? Yeah, I, mean, I don't know why he would be. Yeah, why would he show at this up to point this? in time? So yeah. uh, you know, if he if he were to skip the three day mini camp in June, then I think you start wondering a little bit. But as far as right now, you've had. Numerous players, whether it's Michael Bennett, Marshawn Lynch, throughout the year, skip these practices, and nobody really bats too big of an eye at it. Because the June, when you said, is mandatory. Yes, but again, it's the only mandatory. Even if he skips that. Well, it's a pretty sizable fine. Is it a fine that yeah. they'd, they'd clock him? Yeah. yeah. The, the, well, they, well, ultimate 
jurisdiction on that relies with the team, so mm-hmm. they would have to determine whether they wanted to actually enforce it or not. I believe, but yeah, they they could they would fine him at that point. So, what do coaches tell you they want to accomplish during this this stretch? I, I like I said, it's it's getting those new pieces to your team up to speed with the offense and stuff that you're working in. It's a new offensive coordinator, new offensive line coach, so they are changing some schemes. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a lot of carryover from playbook from the Daryl Bevel ran to Brian Schottenheimer because they like what they do philosophically, so it's not going to change a ton. They're not all of a sudden going to go Mike Leach air raid on everybody and right. change the entire... That's be spectacular. Well, it, yeah, we'll see. Be great little bubble screen action. Whether yeah. it works or not, it would yeah. be spectacular. What's I think Schottenheimer, what does he call his play where the line breaks down and everyone runs in, and then Russell's got to dance for like uh, an jailbreak? Yeah, Joe, and then find <laughs> and then find Doug Baldwin like open over the middle. Yeah, they can't do that much anymore. Yeah. Um, and so that that's all stuff that you can try to accomplish here over this part of the off season. They can line up against each other at this stage of the off season with offense versus defense, and actually go through the paces a little bit. Early stages of, uh, of off season work, phase one, as they would call it, they basically can't line up against the other half of the ball. So it's all individual work, drill work, those sort of things. Now you're at the point of the off season where you can line up against somebody else, but line play is really limited with how much you can do, how much contact you can have up front. Um, same thing with on the outside. You can't press a ton with receivers and, and cornerbacks and all those sort of things. So it's very much uh, kind of um, think of it like a, a walkthrough plus sort of situation where you're basically going through the motions, making sure everybody is yes, I love a good taking care, of, care yeah. of themselves and all. That's basically the, the gist of the, the setup. You know, the other thing, obviously, in this, this you, you can't build this. It has to happen naturally, but... It is, you know, it is the start of whatever camaraderie you're going to have by the end of this season. It kind of starts when you start hanging out a little bit and you're at the, fa- and there's guys at the facility all the time. I mean, it's a, it, right there and they're working out on their own. Yeah. They, they couldn't do that up until about, what was it? Mid April or so. Mm-hmm. Um, when they, they literally can't be in the facility see, doing now, that now, stuff. Is that for all, a stage is that, of the see, this is what I was talking about earlier. Is that fun, on their end? See, that's the part I don't get about this whole thing. Yes, this is on the players' that end. It's just, why would you... I don't understand that. Because you're why veteran would, players. The, why do the veteran players why, care if rookies are coming in and getting up to speed right away? Sure, but uh, but you're saying guys can't go into the facility in the offseason and work out? Yes, they prefer to work out with their own people on the outside. But if you live here, I guess that's just the thing. It's like, if I live here, why why can't I go to the place where I work to go work out? And I've got to go to an L.A. fitness? That's the way the players have set it up collectively. Uh, it's just odd. I don't, yeah. know. I don't know why they, it's they, odd they, to me. They don't want to have to be in the building a month after the season ends, going through workouts with their coaches. Right. From, you know, it, it, they want a break, right? And so, what they if I want to just use a stairmaster, Curtis? <laughs> well, they got the means to do so. <laughs> you can negotiate. You can buy a stairmaster if you're an NFL home. guy. It'd be, it'd be no no sweat whatsoever. They're more rowing machine guys. How much, uh, Curtis, in terms of the OTA, that's an organized team activity, how much unorganized team? In, in other words, again, when guys are allowed in the building, it, how much do you get the sense of, hey, let's go out? I mean, because I get the sense Russell would try to organize stuff all the time. Well, he's done he that over the last several years where right. he's gotten receivers together down in, usually either it's either been Hawaii or... Los Angeles. Well, the Hawaii's when we, they threw all their personal garbage over the cliff. Supposedly that worked out really well <laughs> at the end of the day, apparently. So, um, <laughs> what are we so, going to do that? Let's go up to, uh, what is it, uh, Honeymoon Bluff there in, in Magnolia. Let's mm-hmm. throw all our personal garbage over the Honeymoon uh, Bluff. Sure. I got a whole, I got a bunch of stuff in the car. We cleaned the garage out. I could take a lot of personal garbage. Maybe we can throw, and then, and then Curtis can finally, you know, he can throw over his, um, his, um, his, his, his dishonesty. 
of not being able to pay for hole in one. Well, I don't know if that's dishonesty so much. It's just you just chose not to do it. Yeah, it's something. Yeah, yeah, it's not like I've lied about it. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. yeah, he was very are, upfront. Are the are the rookies there? Yeah, yeah, they can take part. Okay. There, there might be a, an exception or two because of of league rules about graduating players and when they can be there. I don't know if that rules changed. I remember hearing something about it potentially changing, but it, I, I'm not sure of the particulars on it. I don't remember exactly where it says. But yeah, I mean, I think in the past, I'll go reference that at least. Yeah. In the past, it's been if your class hasn't graduated by X amount of time, right. then you need to wait for your graduation basically to happen before you can take part. I don't remember if that's still the case or not, but that has been the situation before. Well, it'll be interesting to see how the offense does look in terms of, as you say, they're going to carry some stuff over. Obviously, they're going to do some things different. If they carry a lot over, they're going to have people screaming because everybody was so, so ready to blame everything on Bevel last year. Well, it, it's... Blaming the offensive coordinator is the easiest argument of anybody to make. And, and, and most of the time, the it's board. a crap argument. Because mm-hmm, right. there's so many variables to break down that how are you really going to attribute whether a play call is the true defining factor of why something failed and mm-hmm. not the execution by the player in a certain in- instance, um, a guy missing a block, a guy you know miss not seeing an open receiver. Oh no, it was a play call's fault. Mm. Really? Are you sure about that? Because I, I I think it's tough to apportion blame on that sort of thing. Collectively, there's certainly some instances where you can do it, but I think it's just a cop-out argument most of the time. Yeah, I did a show with Warren Moon years ago, and he made a, a great point one time of saying what the, the people that get too deep into X's and O's sometimes don't realize is that the second, this is Warren Moon saying this, the second you snap the ball, about six things go wrong. Sure. You know, this guy on defense is supposed to be doing this and he's not. My guy over here is supposed to be doing this. And, you know, that everything, it just, it's a, you draw it up and if everybody does exactly what they're supposed to do, this is how it's going to yeah, work. Yeah, well, I mean, take a look like at a baseball game and say, how could the guy leave the pitch there? Well, you know what? I guess he probably wasn't trying to throw the fastball dead <laughs> over the middle of the plate. Right. It's like that guy for the Tigers. He's not trying to hang an 0-2 slider no, over right. the plate for Mitch Hammond. No, you know, it's like, <laughs> why would he throw himself, that pitch? Well, well guess what? It. He probably made a mistake and yeah. that happens too because these are people. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Curtis Crabtree, a defender of Daryl Bevel in studio with us here. <laughs> yeah, he always has been. And uh, uh, back- I, I will. That's a blanket argument for oh, all know, offensive coordinators. Yeah. The back to Earl for just a quick sec. They have the means. They have the money to pay him. They can. They yes. can execute it if they want to. The question is, did they learn anything from the Cam Chancellor situation to where they've got to look in the mirror and, and ask themselves, do they want to go down this road again with someone like this? Now, he's not the same situation just because of age and health, but it is it has some similar uh, – there are some parallels here. Do they want to do this one more time with a guy who's a veteran? Well, let's look back to the 2010 draft when they selected him. There was a lot of question. You know, can you, can you leave Earl Thomas at safety, a guy who's that small? Can he hold up in the position? All of those sort of arguments were made at the time, right? Right. Now, he's been able to avoid the big injury throughout most of his career with the broken leg aside from a year, yep. year, uh, year plus ago. But now that he's going to be, thir- uh, be, you know, beyond 30 years old, is that going to start to change? Is he going to start to break down a little bit more? Is he going to be able to hold up for that right. for the long term to where you're going to want to commit that money to him for another three, four, five-plus seasons at this point. It's tough to say. And that that's the, that's the place you have to find yourself in. Because, yes, they did it with Cam Chancellor, who's by far a more physical player than, than Earl Thomas has been. But then he has the, you know, the neck injury that he comes across last year in Arizona, and now his career is on thin ice. You don't know because of what his health status is going to be, and they're going to be behind it on the money standpoint for at least this season, whether he plays or not. 
um, to, to take care of that because of the injury that he had and the contract he has. So you, if you don't think that's thinking factoring into their thinking at all, it absolutely is. What uh, What is uh, the date? I don't know if there's a date, but when are we going to find out about Cam? Uh, Pete Carroll told us earlier in the offseason that he has um, some sort of a, a, you know, a, a follow-up He's appointment. Another, he's uh, another scan. It's in yeah, July. Scan. Right. It's either late June or early July, I think is what they said. So that will be when they get a little more clarity there. Basically, the 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 way I've heard it described to me is that there, you know, the scans show something there, and you know, there's a possibility that it could alleviate itself, mm-hmm. but they don't know that it will, and so it's kind of just a wait and see sort of thing. It's not a bad thing, you know, because if you're addicted to something or or you you love the sport so much. He, you know, you bring a, like like for Cliff for for instance. I mean, Cliff decided I mean, he loves football, obviously, but he's decided you know I gotta I gotta step away. That kind of scared me. That shook me up. I wanna I wanna be able in ten, fifteen, twenty years play with my kids and be fine. I think I feel like I Cam. I mean, Cam loves the game so much that I and I say addicted to it. And it's not a, a bad word, but he I think it's like Ichiro. I think he's addicted to the sport. He loves it so much. He wants to continue to play. I think it'd be very hard for him to be to have to look in the mirror and walk away from the sport. Yeah, it's, because of injury, you it's know, it's, uh, it's hard for him to do. Well, I think p- people, it doesn't happen in sports very often, but people want to have things on their own terms, right? And you know, whether it's through injury, whether it's through all of a sudden you think you have ability left that other people don't think you have. Take a look at Des Bryant right now. Yeah, he probably thinks he's still an eight million dollar receiver. And he right. ain't close. Right, that's why he doesn't have a contract at the moment. It's not, a, it's not a huge difference either, but when you compare Chancellor to Averill, Averill's got a couple of years on him. Yeah. It was a little more in the natural. Yeah, Cliff wanted to play a few more years, yeah. but it was a little closer to the natural order of things, whereas Cam's like, look, man, I just turned 30. I got a few more years. Sure, yeah. and, and I mean, you want to look at the cold realities of contracts and that sort of thing. It was going to be probably untenable for Seattle to keep Cliff Averill into this next season given the contract savings that they could get by you know by releasing him I think they saved seven and a half million the injury is there's a guarantee from the injury that cuts a little bit out of that but look at what they've done this offseason in totality if Cliff Averill seven and a half million that they could get out of was there and take the injury out of it to Mm -hmm. move into the next point you know that was probably going to happen Mm -hmm. so how does that change what Cliff would have done from a football standpoint he probably would have continued playing and find somebody else to play for Mm -hmm. don't get me wrong but it, you know, there's a decent chance it wasn't going to be here regardless. Um, so we'll have to see how that. Obviously, the injury has made it to where now he's on our team. Yeah. You know, moving forward, which is awesome to see. Um, but uh, that's kind of the stark realities that teams have to deal with. Uh, great stuff. Appreciate it. Uh, we'll throw out the uh, poll question. Probably lunch with listeners. Should, right. should Curtis have to go back to North Shore Golf Club and buy a round for the bar after his uh, hole in one from 200 yards out with a five wood? Can I? Can he I skate say- it out? Can, can I say that I don't know that there's ever been a, a, a discussion that is going to influence a person less? Because I think even if a hundred people can say, yes, he should, Curtis would be like, that's, that's fine. <laughs> it doesn't matter what I, the I people I don't do say. what you say. Curtis says, <laughs> I'm out. I'm yeah. not going to buy you anything. I admire that. Curtis is a man of his own. He case. He's like, nobody's going to tell me what to a do. A man of principle. Ladies and gentlemen, Curtis Crabtree of headlines uh, throughout the afternoon. We'll continue coming up again at the top of the hour. We'll have lunch with listeners brought to you by the Other Coast Campaign.